Talking Bollocks podcast. TB or not TB, you decide. Hello everybody and welcome back to another episode of Talking Bollocks. <laughs> TB or not TB, you decide. So this show is dedicated to not talking to sales leaders. We're sick of leaders, we're sick of success. Not that this guy isn't successful, but what I'm saying is, is we want to have conversations with real everyday sales folk. And we want to talk about failures, screw-ups, cock-ups, challenges, things that they find challenging. Because this is the sort of thing that I know you watching this can relate to. Because let's face it, selling can be tough. and But there are many great experiences and moments that come from monumental cock-ups. And it's that that I want to talk about. So my guest today is a gentleman that I've actually known for some time. I met him many, many years ago when I first started in business. So I was broke when he was broke. So that's, that's, that's good. We started off poor. Um, and his name's Todd. And he runs Spaghetti Agency based up in Warwick. So Todd, thanks for coming on. Hey, man. Pleasure. Good to see you. That's good, good, good. So we're going to get straight into this. So first thing, Todd, I ask everybody this because I know the answer for most people. Why on earth did you go into sales as a job? <laughs> of all the jobs in the world, why would you pick this one? Well, you wouldn't, would you? And I don't <laughs> think the majority of people you speak to do. It's like, it's like I always say to people when I'm talking to my clients, like, I bet you didn't choose marketing when you started selling widgets. You know, you have to market your business when you have a business and you also have to be a salesman. So fuck, I'm a salesman. <laughs> like, I didn't choose it at all, but now I am. I'm yeah, even trained a- to be a better one now. It's weird. It's like power and it. some are born to greatness and others have it thrust on them. <laughs> yeah. Most people have sales thrust on them, don't they? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I didn't choose it at all, but here I am as a salesman. I don't even think of myself as a salesman, you know, but I am. And you you have to be. I think in business you have to be. I think everyone has to be a salesman. Yeah. Okay, so let's, let's talk failure then. Because you would have had a lot of failure building your business. I've known you for yeah. many years and as I have. So... Can you think of a moment when you say you're in front of a prospect, someone you've wanted to be in front of perhaps, and where it's just gone completely peaked on? It's just, it's got, yeah, share a story. Let's hear the, let's hear the pain. I think it might've been the mindset I went into, but a few years ago, I got the opportunity to pitch to a huge hotel chain, not Hilton, but somewhere nice boutique in the middle. Yeah. And they wanted us to come in and, and pitch to them. They, I knew of them, I had a good relationship. I went in there a bit ballsy. And our, our, our brand is all based around the Wild West, so Spaghetti Western, not Spaghetti Bolognese. And I thought, what could I do that would be kind of cool, but would make me stand out in a hotel in Mayfair? Um, so there's all these agencies going in, and I just went down on a tube with my backpack, and uh, I took some little plastic cowboys, and I gave them as gifts to people in this room that I pitched to. And it wasn't a pitch. <laughs> it was me winging it. They didn't get the plastic cowboys. And I went over the tube on the train. I didn't get the gig because I just didn't have any freaking idea what I was going into. And when I was waiting outside on the stairs of this really awesome hotel in Mayfair, all these agencies going in with their teams and their fucking clip darts, and that's me with that's some plastic cowboys. And I thought this this was a few years ago, but I was like, geez, I'm not cut out for this. Needless <laughs> to say, I, I heard from them. They, they was very quick. You know, when you hear about it very quick, you're like, they're not even thinking about yeah, it. Don't even think um, about it. To say, yeah, thanks for coming. Oh, that's that, that 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 is tough. We've all had those moments where we want the ground to open up and, and swallow <laughs> yeah. us. I get. I, I, so I'll share a story. Mine was um, one of my worst moments. Was uh, I managed to get a room full of lawyers to a presentation about 20 lawyers and that's that was quite hard 
Yeah. And before the event, lawyers are very chatty before the event. But once it starts and they're in their group, lawyers, the last thing anyone that's a professional like that wants to look stupid or come across as making a mistake, it's part of their personality. Mm -hmm. So of course, the moment the presentation started, I couldn't get them to engage, literally. You'd ask a question and it's stone silence. And I'm used to interaction. You get a room full of managing directors. You get a room full of, you can't shut these guys up. But room full of lawyers. And I remember, I've never experienced it before, but that, that feeling where I literally remember standing there, a bead of sweat thinking, oh God, I wish the ground literally would just yeah, swallow me. Can I leave? How, can I, I, how do I get out of this? Anyway, <laughs> managed to pull it back. And at the end of the event, one of the lawyers actually came up to me and said, you know, that you did pretty well. And he goes, you nearly lost it there though, didn't you? <laughs> Was that obvious, right? Uh, so at that moment, I made a conscious business decision. I ain't going to sell to lawyers. I can't be uh, So literally all law firms were removed from my database and I still don't work to them to this day. So that experience... What lesson did you take? Uh, absolutely. Um, be prepared, you know, go for the right type of company. Look at who they're already working with. Like an obvious thing to ask. Now, whenever I have a sales call, I, we always ask, we had one earlier and, you know, who are they already working with? They're working with someone. Why aren't they working with them anymore? You know, do they not like them? What's the thing? And I just went into that totally blind. I did enjoy the experience, but yeah, there's a, a, bit, of, a bit of research to be done before you meet any prospects and what they're looking for, who they're working with at the moment and, you know, just obvious stuff that you can get from, from the internet. But also, sometimes you'll fuck it up and it'll be good fun anyway. Yeah. Because it was good fun. So what would you tell yourself? Go back five years, maybe even longer, when you're first setting out, setting up spaghetti. Uh, what would you, yeah, what would you say to yourself to do or not to do, particularly in the world of selling? Selling. So for me, one of the biggest lessons I've learned very recently, actually, is, is to shut up. Like, I know it's the opposite of what you do. And you're very good at what you do. And I think you have a certain skill that's probably untrainable, uh, hopefully. <laughs> but what I tend to do when I'm doing a sales call is like, I want to show I'm amazing at what I do and share all my tips and advice and all this kind of stuff. And A, you're giving them all the information without charging for it. And B, if you just ask them a question and say nothing, and then just really stay quiet, I find that last couple of three, four, five, six seconds is really what you need to know. So that's what I do if I went right back. I bet I screwed up most of the sales conversations I had by just trying to show how good I was. And they went away, oh, thanks Todd. And then they just went away and tried to apply it themselves and then you know, end of conversation. But that's, that's a really good lesson. That's, and that, that, that is something that uh, people new to sales or even old in sales, but new people should be told straight away is that it's not about you. It's always about the prospect. And uh, you're quite right um, when you say that it's, those seconds after you think it's finished. Reporters, they always keep the recorder going at the beginning and at the end because that's when the off-the-cuff stuff comes and that's the real yeah. juice, the yeah. real night, right? Because as soon as they know it's interview mode, they're, they're ready and they're prepared and they do their set responses. and they, But it's the off the... And you are quite... Same in sales. You're going to have your questions, your set questions, you know what you want to ask. But it's, you're right, waiting, just pausing, not jumping in with them, just wait. And then they go, oh, and, and they yeah, yeah, little yeah. nugget in. As they want to fill the space, don't they? I don't know if you find this. So if you just say nothing and you really have to hold on to it, you're like, oh, don't say it. And then they're like, oh, and they just throw it onto the call. And you're like, oh, wow, that. You weren't going to do, you weren't going to say that. You were holding them back. And now yeah. I've done it. 
That's a very important lesson. It's a great lesson. And anyone watching this, it's young, which is compared to me and Todd is basically anyone under, what, 35 now? Because we're getting old, us two. Yeah, anyone yeah. under 35, you're young. Take that to heart. Unless it was you, nobody like the smartest couldn't cast at school. So why are you trying to be it as a grown-up? <laughs> ah, very good. Okay, so um, what else was I going to ask you? If you could design, if you if there was one thing about what you're doing now that you find frustrating, is there anything you're currently doing that, that or the way prospects treat you or the way I engage with you, you find particularly frustrating that maybe you don't know the answer to yet and someone might be able to give it to you. If there was one thing you could eliminate from your sales process, what would it be? I think, I don't know, most people do this with lots of industries. People assume that marketing is just all marketing and um, that might be down to our own marketing, but lots of the sales calls that we get, they, they already think they know enough about it and they just want someone else to do it or they think they need social media or they've been told they need this by a mate in the pub you know that kind of stuff really annoys me because they, they they speak to you as a, as a hopefully a trusted advisor right in the summer terms and, they, and they're looking to you for advice but i wish i could just fix that moment when they come into a call or a zoom or a meeting where they just listen to you and and just ask you truly for your advice but a lot of people come in and yeah yeah but we want this we want this and that's if you could cut that bit out i think a lot of sales would be a lot quicker the process would be better for both as well yeah it's like the gp effect i mean you don't go to your gp and tell them what you want i've been on google i've looked up my condition exactly. i yeah. know what i've got I, I need some codeine i need a back brace i need this i need that <laughs> i mean if you did that the doctor would look you go, that, that's that's not how this works but oh, right. yeah. <laughs> that's and it happens it happens so much and i'm sure i'm sure have, there's, there's loads of industries out there where, where it does happen and people just you know, I need this thing, and you have to spend a good salesman would spend time asking them why they think that and going through it all. And yeah. yeah, as much as good as that process is, actually, like you can just get rid of that. If the prospect was just like, I do this, you do that, but you're going to offer me this, so I'm going to listen to you. But that's generally not what happens. If you could do your life again, would you go into sales knowing what you know? Yeah, let's be honest here. I kind of like it, but. No, I think it'd be nice. <laughs> I mean, in all honesty, like if you could just like come to work one morning, there were six emails and people have said, Hi, I found you on the internet, want to buy your stuff, here's my credit card. That'd be better, right? Yeah, we're be taking better. orders is, is the yeah. dream, right? Yeah. Then I suppose you should really look at it and think, Well, that means you wouldn't get to know them, you wouldn't get the right products, they wouldn't stay with you long enough. There's a lot about the sales process that actually improves your working relationship with the clients. So, yeah, would I, would I avoid it? No, I don't think it's an avoidable thing. I think. You know, classic car salesman, down to someone running a business. You have to, you have to be in sales. Well, you run your own business, right? So you're your own boss. You're your own man. You set your hours. You can do what you want when you want. You don't really have anyone you got to report into. You don't need permission to take time off or go to the doctor because you are your own man. Now, most people in sales, I'm the same, don't have that luxury. They're working for someone else, and so for us, sales is a means to be free. What do you say to people that are actually in a sales job working for a corporate trying to make their crust? Because I'll be honest with you, if you're in sales and your goal isn't to be self-employed, then you shouldn't be in sales. That's my view. If you're in sales, you should want to be your own boss because that's freedom. And if you can sell well, you're free. Yeah, absolutely. And I think if you're very, very good at sales, you'd be good in business as well. Hmm. I, think, I think you would. Um, but yeah, you're right. There'll always be another sale. There's always been another call to make. Whereas, yeah, I can I can say, well, 
I don't like doing 50 calls a week. I'm going to do five. I'm just going to change all the products I, and make bigger margins. And then I only need five clients a week. You can just change the rules straight away. Absolutely. Something yeah. better to aspire to than hitting targets, I suppose. That wouldn't excite me at all, to be honest. I prefer to, the sales for me is to get people into our company so we can help them and work with them for a long time. Whereas I suppose if you're in sales, you pass them on to someone else. That wouldn't excite me at all. Okay, yeah. So that's interesting. So anyone out there that's in one of those turn up to the job and do the sale thing, ask yourself, what do I ultimately want to do? And I do this with all my clients, with all my sales guys. And look, I know you love the company you work for and that's great. But at the end of the day, it's not your business. What do you want to do? Do you want to be doing this in five years? What do you want to be? Where do you want to do? Sales is the only profession, I think, in the world where you get to print your own paycheck. I don't think there's many others. Even a top QC is limited to the market rate. You know, 20 grand a day in core. But a salesman, you can get that for an hour's work if you're really good. So, yeah, there are huge benefits. So if you, that would be my advice. If you are in sales, try and figure out how you get out of it to be your own boss because then you're, then you're free. Interesting. Ah, so prospecting. Let's get on to that, 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 that tough subject do you are you at a point now in your business where you have to still be prospecting as in physically picking up the phone and looking for new business have you built up and i'd like to see we're, we're really fortunate that we've never had to do that because we're an online marketing agency so what we specialize in is drawing in inbound leads yeah so of course there are times when we've done it we've, we've called up the list of the local chamber or we've We've done it in networking where I met you, but way back in that networking group, you know, we've had to call people and, and pick up the conversations there. But no, I, I hate it. I don't like it. I've yeah. built my whole business around not having to do it. Um, that said, we're about to take the leap into kind of a different area of the world now where we'll probably have to go out and speak to people cold. So, uh, right. but at the moment, no, it, it comes into us. We, we get sales calls, we've got a nice process. It comes in from the website, LinkedIn, elsewhere, and it's all filtered in and we pick up the phone to them, which... I find so much easier because you know you called me. <laughs> Actually, knew we booked it in, and it's much easier. But uh, so I do feel for people uh, that have to make cold calls because I, I used to hate calling it. I, I remember thinking this is where it started. This might be a psychological thing some of your clients may have. That when I was looking for work experience when I was fourteen, the teacher said you've got to call some companies to get work experience. I was like, well, who? I mean, someone you want to work with? Let's call someone. I was like. Hi, <laughs> you don't know me, but I want to come and make coffee for you for the week. And I hated it, absolutely hated it. In the end, I didn't do it because I couldn't bring myself to do it. And someone gave me an opportunity instead. So I absolutely avoided cold calls from the age of 14. Now that's that, that's interesting because I think it came out, I think it was the last podcast I was to us talking because he said, have you always been in sales? And um, I guess I didn't realize it because I hadn't thought about it. But when I was a young kid, 10, 11, we, the school to raise money would sell plastic crap products like lunch bags, plastic lunch bags, plastic pegs, plastic pegs. And you'd have this array of products. And basically you'd go around knocking on all the houses on your street trying to flog this crap, <laughs> right? And people would buy it because you were a kid. But I realized <laughs> I would do that every year and I, I did well because I was committed to selling. Same with the selling the chocolate bars. And then when you did the 40 hour famine as a kid, you'd have to get sponsorship. So you'd literally go knock on strangers doors in the neighborhood and get them to sponsor you 10 cents an hour and stuff like that. And so it didn't dawn on me until it was pointed out that I'd spent most of my childhood prospecting, <laughs> which is ironic because all my school reports said I talk too much to distract others. And then I get a job doing exactly that 
for a living. So who says school is wasted? What do they know anyway? I, I was always told I'd never have a calculator on me all the time, and now we've all got iPhones. They, they didn't know what they were talking about. <laughs> <laughs> I remember my school teacher once saying, what do you want to be? I said, actually, I want to be a lawyer. And he said, you're not smart enough to be a lawyer. And I remember because I was always a bit quick-winded. I said, fair enough. I said, okay, I'll be a teacher then. <laughs> okay cool okay top tip then top tip what's the biggest top tip that you would give anyone in sales from your experience of running a business or just having to go out and sell what's the top thing you've learned from sales that i'd pass this on you need to know this because this is going to make your life to have a system and when i say a system you've got to have a pipeline system you've got to have a call script system you've got to have a follow-up system but I have a, we don't do proposals unless you've got money system. You've got to have a system mm. um, and it's got to be, a, it has to be a system because you can track it, you can look at it, you can see if it's working. And sometimes you, you know, you forget people, you lose people. Having a system and we've automated ours now as well. So okay. if someone books a call, it's automatically dropped into our partner. If someone fills out a website, it's automatically dropped in and accepts tasks for the team. Um, so we actually treat our sales process like part of the engine of the business uh, and, and give it, you know, give it as much help and juice and support as we can. So get a system. It sales is not like something you wing like that hotel that time. You know, it's it, it's it, there is a proven process, right? You guys teach it. There's a proven process to it, and and there's there's lots of psychology. There's lots of human nature. There's lots of things people do, and most prospects lie and do all the same things they've always done because we all copy each other. So if you get a system, it it, it will help you become a better salesperson. And that's definitely what's working for us. So yeah, the big top tip really is, is a massive tip, but it's get a system, get a really good system. I'm going to ask you a horrible question. And oh, I do this, I, I do this all the time, particularly with salespeople. Because if you ever ask someone what makes you good at sales, they can wax lyrical, right? So <laughs> my question is the opposite. It's why aren't you, why aren't you a better salesman, do you think? What prevents um, you from being better at what you do? That is a really horrible question. It is. <laughs> She's just shouted. What did she shout out? I missed it. I'm good at listening. <laughs> Apparently, it's listening. Apparently, I still got to learn about listening, even though I've given that as a tip at the beginning. Uh, <laughs> it's easy it's to also, give out than do, right? It's also sometimes I think, well, would I would I want this? Or would I need this? And I try and put myself in the shoes of the prospect and make decisions for them before they've made it. It's a really big mistake I make. You know, I don't go work out what their pain is and, and why they're looking for and what situation is with them. I, I try and not empathize as a wrong word because I'm shit at that too, but I just, I just try and put myself in their shoes, which I think is a really bad thing to do because you're not your prospect. So it's listening, apparently. I heard that and uh, <laughs> put myself in their shoes. Uh, well, listening, listening is a key skill and it's not just listening for what's being said though. It's for what's not being said. And I think that's one of the biggest weaknesses with the average salesperson. So they miss what's not being said. So I'll give you an example. If someone, whenever you ask a, a salesman, you know, what's your most challenging question or objection? It's, a, well, what do you do when somebody says it's very expensive? And I said, well, what didn't they say? They didn't say they can't afford it. No. They didn't say they wouldn't pay for it. So why are you handling an objection that actually isn't an objection? They've actually made a statement of fact. Because you should say, yes, we are expensive. What are you telling me? 
Yeah. And he's going to say nothing. I'm actually just pointing out the fact that you're very expensive compared to the other lot. And you're going to tell me now that you can't afford it. No, I didn't say that. You'll, you'll be amazed at how affronted a prospect gets. So this is the listening is listening for what not being said. Mm. And it's the stuff in between in between comments that I think salespeople miss. Do you, have, you, you look for these though, don't you, Benjamin? You because I've heard you say that exact thing before, and it made me laugh the first time, and it still makes me laugh now. <laughs> but like, you're obviously well-trained and, and experts in it, but do you have a couple of sort of talk tracks type scripts, type throwaway things, you're like, oh, there's that thing everyone says, and you're just primed for it. Yeah. Yes, because the thing about prospects, the thing about selling is prospects are predictable. Mm. There's only so many things they can say to a salesman and that never changes regardless if they're buying a blender or online services. They're going to have certain intellectual questions about the blender or online services, which you need product on. But the rest is going to be, when can we get it? Who have you worked with? Does it work? Can it do this? Will it do that? How much is it going to cost me? Why is it so expensive? Will the other products cheap? So there's nothing that a prospect can say to me that I can't already have been prepared for. Mm. And actually, if they, ask, if they ask me something I've never heard, I've got a set answer. And the answer is always, huh, you know, that's a really good question. I'll be honest with you. I actually don't know what to say. So can I ask you a question? What were you hoping I was going to say? <laughs> and do you know what happens? They tell you the answer. <laughs> and then you go, okay, well, let's pretend I said that then. <laughs> what would that mean? Yeah, so this is, that's the beauty of if you're really listening, you take the pressure off yourself. But that's a good, yeah, yeah, okay, so listening. Very, very good. Oh, well, in most podcasts, you're not allowed to ask the host. Technically, that's what I, if you've got a question for me, I might not answer. <laughs> you might not answer. I want to know what your biggest fuck up is. Oh, how long is this podcast, right? <laughs> it's your podcast. You made the rule, right? All right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, gosh. There are so many cock ups. And in fact, I like cock-ups because cock-ups are where you learn. You don't learn from success. You mm. only learn from failure. And, and one of the things I point out to my clients is uh, everything you do now that you take for granted, like eating, putting on your clothes, walking, all of that was untold failure. Because if you've ever had children and you've watched them try and do these things, it's painful, right? Yeah. But you're not sitting there thinking, bloody loser he's never going to amount to anything look at him he can't even use a knife it's three years old for goodness sake yeah yeah but it's already he's going to be a fail no you didn't you failed so much trying to put your pack you know watching your kid when it doesn't realize you got to pull it over your butt and then wrestling with trousers right my daughter would do it and so, oh it's so but so failure is a lesson so um one of my favorite failures uh, I got in front of, again, a lawyer. Why, well, lawyers seem to feature a lot. You got to avoid these guys, man. I got to avoid them. Right? I got in front of this lawyer, yeah. law firm, um, and he asked me a direct question. And he asked me, direct, he goes, Benjamin, I just want to know how long it'll take, how much it'll cost, and who you've worked with. So I went back with answering his question with a question. I go, well, I'm confused. What do you mean? And then he came back with exactly the same question. Benjamin, I just want to know what it'll cost, how long it'll take, and who you've worked with. So I then tried to clarify. And at that point, he got pissed off. He said, well, you know what, Benjamin? I don't want to do this. And he stood up and he goes, I think you should leave. So now I'm feeling pretty stupid. <laughs> and I remember packing up my little bag and I thought, well, I've got to leave with a shred of dignity, right? 
And so I looked at this guy, I said, can I ask one last question? And he said, yeah, sure. I said, can I have a biscuit? <laughs> and it's those packet biscuits that lawyers have, right? So I took this packet of ginger stem, I remember it, because I've still got it somewhere. It was, a, And I used to have it on my desk as a reminder of one of the worst moments in my sales up. And then I went and sat in, sat in the park opposite, I, trying to break down why did this cock up? And that's where I learned a valuable rule. If someone asks you exactly the same question twice in a row and you don't give an answer, you'll piss them off. But that's very rare. That's never happened since. Because mm. every time I've gone in with a backhand a question or get them to quiet, they always change it. But the one time it didn't taught me a valuable lesson and I'm ready for it now. And now that I'm ready, it never happens. <laughs> So that's one experience. I won't give them all away because I could do like eight of these in a row. Right? I, need a, I need a failure story for every podcast. Right. Which is good to hear. It's good to hear, actually. I oh, yes. It isn't because, you know, you don't get to where you, where you are as an expert without screwing it up all the way, do you? you and we hear it a lot, but it's nice to keep hearing it from people. No, I'm you've got to hear it. There and... Yeah. Bill Gates is and the Richard Branson, they, they've lost a lot of money at times things have gone tits up never thought they're going to get there now i'm not comparing myself to them but what i'm saying is most successful people are risk takers mm. and they're willing to risk getting a few bruises but rather than stewing in their own you know self-pity they get themselves up dust themselves off and say all right well that didn't work let's try this <laughs> <laughs> absolutely Amen yeah so it's, it's not falling at the first hurdle well, that's really good. I, I've enjoyed it. I think we've been talking for like 25 or 20 minutes anyway, 25 Perfect, minutes. Yeah. Uh, I think I think that's pretty good. So obviously I'm gonna I'm gonna let everyone plug their business, right? Because that's important. So uh how do people get a hold of you? What's your website? And yeah. Yeah, well, if you're listening, it's spaghettiagency.co.uk. If you're watching, just just find us on the internet. Um start from there. It's, you know, if you don't like us, that's cool. It's a wild west brand on purpose. Um, our tagline is no bull, just beef. So if you want all the stuff that actually works, come and speak to us. If you're boring, if you're a lawyer, don't don't even click it. Don't want to talk to you. Yeah, no, no, lawyers won't be watching this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Read the room. Rest assured of that. And if they are, they're going to find some reason to sue us, right? So, uh, <laughs> yeah. so yeah, if you're watching a lawyer, everything we've just said was made up. <laughs> so we can't get sued, right? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's all fake. Anyway, well, look, hey, Todd, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you for being the second guest. Pleasure. I was debating, should I say that? Because if I say that, I've got to put these all in consequential or uh, consecutive. Yeah. Um, and then I might not. But anyway, you are the second guest. So thank you for your time. Thank you for coming on. Thank you for sharing your stories. Um, any, any point you want to end on? Any one last nugget of information you want to give our viewers? All three I, of them. I think no, you, you didn't get put on this earth to be a salesperson but you are so be a good one i like that yeah if you're gonna do it do it properly yeah. don't be half in and if you are half in go and work for charity they don't care if you do anything <laughs> see we lost charities now as well Can't have them on the podcast. <laughs> oh mate i look i've really enjoyed this chat it's been a real pleasure it's been good to see you and speak to you. it's been many years actually many many years yeah so it's, it's good to talk with you again so look, that's it, everybody. That's it from Talking Bollocks TV or not TV. You decide. So you make your decision on whatever we discussed today, if it was bollocks or if you found it useful. We don't care either way. We're just speaking from experience. So thank you for watching. And I look forward to seeing you on another podcast. Goodbye.